It wasn't until my first loss, I was sitting in the, the bed. I was in my gown ready for my DNC and four feet between a drape was another couple doing their first round of IVF. So they were so excited. And I was like trying to hold back tears in the weird state of trying to process what's happening. And that was my really light bulb moment. I needed to shift my life coaching practice to focus on supporting, serving and showing up for the men and women that were going through infertility and loss. Are you done with being that pregnant or postpartum mom in the gym who is always stuck on the sidelines feeling horrible, saying, how come no one ever told me this? Are you ready to finally say no to a mom life filled with excess weight, injury, overwhelm, and fatigue? Then help is here. Welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast, where we dive deep into the information you need to be the strongest woman in and out of the gym, even if you are a mom. If you are done going through your pregnancy or postpartum fitness journey clueless and unprepared, if you are ready to commit and say yes to being that badass fit mom who is shredded and stronger than before the baby, well, listen up. Because this is where we talk about all of the things your doctor or trainer never told you about so that you can achieve the body you want and take your athletic strength and performance to the next level. Get ready, because here's your host, Daisy Bravo. Daisy here with a quick message. This week's episode of the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast, I am joined by Elizabeth King. She is a fertility support coach, and we just got off on talking for over an hour. Because we went so long, I will be splitting up this episode in two parts. So this is going to be part one of two with Elizabeth King. It might seem a little disjointed next week and and seems like we cut off our conversation a little quick on this one. But don't worry, there's more with Elizabeth King next week as we finish up the conversation. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to another episode of the Strong Bombs Fitness Podcast. Today, we are doing something a little bit differently here on the Strong Bombs Fitness Podcast. We're talking about struggles with fertility, especially struggles with fertility in women that are 35 plus. Maybe you've been told that getting pregnant after 35 is going to be a struggle. Maybe are into that narrative. Maybe you've been trying different methods of fertility and nothing's working. Maybe you're stressed out and you're doing all the things. You're doing the acupuncture. You're doing the diets. You've got the castor oil and nothing is working. You're just stressed out every You're planning and scheduling sex and nothing is happening. Well, that's where someone like my next guest, Elizabeth King, certified fertility health coach, comes in to help. She is a master certified RACF life coach birth and bereavement doer. Her mission is to help people of all backgrounds conceive a healthy baby and carry them to term. After having three children of her own after the age 40, Elizabeth Foley taking a more holistic approach is the linchpin to success when attempting to conceive. She has helped hundreds of women achieve their dreams of conception and parenthood in over 20 countries around the world. She supports clients through natural fertility IVF, miscarriages, early pregnancy, 
post-traumatic stress disorder, and new parent support. So it is my pleasure to bring Elizabeth on today to set the record straight with all those myths out there and to squash those myths and give us some truth and some reality that pregnancy after 35 is definitely something that is doable. It's nothing to be afraid of. And all you need is a little love and support. So I am really excited to bring Elizabeth on the show today. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining me today on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. And before we get started, I want you to just jump right in, tell us who you are, how you help women, and how did you end up in this line of work? Yes, my name is Elizabeth King. I am an international fertility coach. So I help men and women all over the world, which I'm so grateful to, to do. And everyone that comes to me comes with a different experience. So it's not really a one-stop shop. It depends. Some people come before they're starting to even begin to try. Some people come after they've been trying eight, nine plus years. So we meet them where they're at and figure out what that means for their particular situation and help them get to their positive pregnancy test sooner and more efficiently and effectively and hopefully with spending less money. I do love that. And how did you end up? Is there a story that got you into helping women that are struggling with fertility? Yes. So I was single from 30 to 40. I got had a divorce at age 30 and worked, had a, my own career and my own business from my 20s to now. And subsequent to that, I had also been a certified ICF life coach kind of bloomed out of that divorce experience and going to therapy and realizing that therapy wasn't really what needed to help us. And my ex-husband, I'll never forget him saying that was more like divorce therapy versus marriage therapy. And similar to a personal trainer is how I equate coaching. So you build a relationship with a trainer, you see them multiple times of the week, usually you have an end goal, whereas you can go into therapy and speak about the same thing for the 25 plus years. In some cases, we really look to see what's the end goal? How do we get there? What are the tools that are needed? And those tools look different for everybody. So again, we really tailor that to somebody specifically. So when I was 39, I had was diagnosed with fibroids and my regular OB had said it was not a problem. My periods had been really heavy and I just knew something was different. So I went from their office to make a call to the reproductive endocrinologist, who's the fertility doctor, to basically say, I'm a want to be using my uterus soon. I'm almost 40. Gosh, that was in December and I turned 40 in April. So pretty close. And can you just take a look and do an ultrasound and let me know what you see there? Mind you, I should also back up to say I froze my eggs at age 36 because I was still single. So I had a relationship with this doctor, but I hadn't seen him in three and a half years since then. But it was somebody that I knew that I trusted to call to just check this out. So he said, no, in fact, you're right. They actually are a problem that where they are. They're not large, which is why the OB wasn't concerned, but they were in the lining where an embryo would attach. And so that was preventing the situation there. So during that IVF process at 36, and then revisiting this at 39 and a half, going through a myomectomy surgery at that point, and then going into my own really fertility journey of having my kids, it wasn't until my first loss where I was doing my DNC and we were sitting in the, the bed 
I was in my gown and everything ready to go for my DNC. And four feet between a drape in between us was another couple that was doing their first round of IVF. So they were so excited and we could hear their conversation. And I was like trying to hold back tears myself because you're in that weird state of trying to process what's happening and whatever. And that was my really light bulb moment of I needed to shift my life coaching practice to focus on supporting and serving and showing up for the men and women that were going through infertility and losses because there isn't anything that really prepares you either from the language standpoint. So understanding follicle counts and your cycle and what all these this stuff means and the stimulation and transfers and all that to going through the losses and experiencing that trauma and realizing that is something that nobody really talks about. And it's happening to people every day, all the time. But it, until it happened to me, I didn't recognize, oh my gosh, this is why people don't talk about it. Because you do feel guilty, embarrassed, ashamed, all these weird emotions, even though you logically know there's nothing wrong with you, you feel like there's something wrong with you. And so that was really the, the catalyst of, okay, this is where I need to be in my life. This is where I need to show up. And and that's the birth of the fertility coaching for me. Pretty wild. I can't believe they put you two right next to each other. Although maybe it was a twist of fate that you were able to turn that around. I know some mm -hmm. people wouldn't be able to rise up from that yeah. particular experience. And it's really impressive that you did. You could have taken it a whole other direction. So I really commend you on that. My question for you've been in that, you've been in that bed, you've experienced that. How do you actually take that experience and transfer that into a modality or coaching to take someone from A to B? Do you have process that you take women through or is it just individual? How, how do you start to work with someone that's just suffered from so much trauma and so much grief? It depends on what their experience is and where they're at in the process, how far along they're in, the, in their loss, what got them to that point. Everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different experience of how much it affects them. Some people feel extremely devastated and some are like, that's just what happens and it wasn't meant to be and they can move on really easily. That was not the situation for me. So I resonate more with the side of, okay, if this was meant to be and then it was just pulled for me, what's the bigger picture here? What's from a spiritual aspect even? Like what happened here? Why is this not happening for me? So a lot of the work that I do with people is to really gauge where they're at, what they feel like they, if they have any limiting beliefs that they're not even aware of. So we work on the subconscious beliefs as well. Is there anything that they have blocks that they're not aware of that we can work through? And then also really healing that grieving process. So specifically for the losses, let me hear your story. I want to hear about that. What was it like when you were trying to get pregnant? How long did it take you? Did you guys do any ART? What was it like when you found out that you were pregnant? So we go through the whole process of reliving that as much as you possibly can, and then working backwards from there to really heal that in order to move forward. And the reason we do that is because you don't want to take any of that with you as much as possible. It will always be with you. It's just a matter of how can we heal you to the extent that you can so that when you conceive again, you don't take as much 
much of that PTSD and trauma with you the next time. So if you've suffered a loss and you're pregnant again, it's really hard to be super present and excited because you've had that experience to know what if something happens again, right? So I'm a big believer of the numbers and science and how stress plays a role in this and what the the stress hormones do to our body. And in that regard, I feel like the numbers don't lie. So my main objective with all of my clients is how do we go through self-preservation in every area of your life? So it's not just your fertility experience, but what's happening in your relationship, what's happening with your work, what's happening with your family dynamic. We look at everything and make tweaks to every single aspect so that you're showing up differently than what you did before. And again, not everyone is the same. So some people want to do journaling, some people meditation work, some people creating recipes work for them. So I really tailor it again to see what is the journey and the path that is going to work for that particular individuals for them to move forward and heal from whatever it is that they've been through. That's amazing. So many questions have just up in my head of where where to take that. That's unbelievable. And I want to move this away from loss. You started your journey close to your 40s and got more aggressive in your 40s. And society paints a picture of that 40s, the scary number, your clock is running out. There's a lot of stress and pressure put on females. So when it comes to our fertile age, is there a lot of data to substantiate that it it is harder for these women? Or is this just more women struggle just because there's so much more pressure? Is this really a problem with us and aging? Or is it just pressure of society and environment that's causing a greater struggle in women who are a little bit older? Yeah, I think it's both. As my doctor told me, I will say again, your 30-year-old eggs are 30 years old. Your 40-year-old eggs are 40 years old. There's It is what it is. We're born with the amount of eggs that we have and that we can't change. What we can change though, which is we now know is that cellular growth of the eggs change every 120 to 150 days. So we do have the ability to affect change to some degree to those eggs. And that's basically like an egg wave cycle, I like to call it. So if you're starting in January, your specific protocol for you that you worked with through your coach to say, okay, this is what I'm going to try to do to improve my eggs by June, that whatever you've been doing is now going to show up in that egg quality. So there is some, I don't want to say that biological block doesn't exist and there's no such thing as that. There is, of course there is. However, there is that other side of it, as you mentioned, that is society-based. We take on a lot of that stress of believing, oh, I'm over 35, I'm a geriatric mother or advanced maternal age. Yeah, that's okay. Taking on that and accepting that, I feel for me that I didn't let that in at all. Was it a reality? Yes. Was I told that? Yes. Was I shown the slideshows from four different doctors about statistically how likely I am to conceive on my own and said I needed to do egg donors? Of course. Yes, I get it. Like it's drilled into us very much. It really comes back to our own mindset so much. You are 55% more likely to conceive if you are doing some sort of cognitive behavioral work. 55%. That is huge, right? That's not one five. That's 55. And that's why so many of my clients, we really focus a lot on that mental health. So we go through initially that specific protocol for you. So what are your food sensitivities? What's the right supplements that you should be taking? What are all the stressors? And then a big part of that is just continuing to make sure that stress level in your life is maintained at a calm level. Because as soon as that peaks, those cortisol levels and whatever, 
that's a disruptor to your follicle growth and everything else that goes along with it. Keeping in mind that age, yes, younger is better, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. It is certainly possible. And I have clients all over the world that will say, oh, in my village in Jamaica or Eastern Europe or whatever, people have told me that they've had pregnancies of people that are 50s and 60s years old, which we don't have in our country. But the point is that they're living in a village in the middle of nowhere and it's not a problem. It's a regular thing. So I do believe that it's a lot of the stressors that we have and or hormone disruptors and things in our environment that cause us to to have a little bit more trouble conceiving, as well as, again, on the deeper level of, as I mentioned before, just the psychology of it. Do you have any blocks that maybe are passed down from your family you're not even aware of? Do you tell yourself a limited belief every day and you're not even conscious of that? So all the universe is hearing is one thing versus shifting that around to say it is possible for you to be doing this. Like that. That's actually very uplifting. Thank you. Um, you still sob story. It is what it is. And I appreciate you saying that there's hope you brought up. Stress in this society is it's insane for a lot of women. Now, and you're saying to keep the stress down. How do we start to do this? It's easier said than done, especially if we've got a career. We're trying to make a baby. We're following our cycles. And it's no longer fun. So how do we start to how do we start to balance out our stress? Totally. And I feel you so much because everybody just says, relax and don't stress and you'll just get pregnant. And when you're trying, you want to punch them in the face and be like, yeah, this, you know, if you were only in my shoes, you would realize it's not that easy to do. And I get that. And I don't take that lightly at all. And that's why you really have to figure out for you specifically, what does that mean and what does that look like and what is possible within your life? You know what it means for you to get a little bit less stressed. And especially if you're getting the negative test every month and you're tracking your ovulation and you feel like you're doing everything you possibly can and you're ticking the boxes and you're type A and it's so frustrating, right? Of like, where do I even begin? And then as you keep going and it's not working, you become more and more stressed, right? Because you're aware of this time clock and how is this going to happen? And what are the next big decisions we need to do? Are we doing IUI next? Are we doing IVF? Are we both on the same page? Is it causing conflict in our relationship because somebody's more on board than the other? All of these things, the more that you talk to somebody about them, the less stress you're going to have, right? If you have somebody to help you navigate these things and bring you back in and stop that negative cycle, you'll be able to say, oh, okay, I'm getting triggered by this. And we talked about me doing this. So it's literally in your brain. You're so used to going this direction. And then we want you, your brain to start pointing to the other direction. And through a coach or somebody to help you process that helps because, okay, we talked about this. I know what I'm supposed to do when this happens. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And again, that's different for everybody. Some of my clients, it's cooking. So if they're at work and they're not able to like literally go cook something, they know that they're going to pull up an app on their on their phone and they're going to look up recipes because that's going to switch their brain from going down a negative spiral to I'm going to focus on this right now. Even if it's literally 60 seconds, you're essentially training your brain that nope, we're not going to go down that road. And setting yourself up with a plan is so helpful. Again, if you're type A, knowing what your plan is. 
So are you on a plan of, I'm going to try for three or six more months, and then we're going to do X, Y, Z? Are you on a plan of, we're going to try five IUIs, which I don't recommend, and then we're going to go to something else. So it's either based on time or what your your medical journey would be like, so to speak. And once you know that, it can change, of course, as you move along. But you know that you have some control in a situation that you feel like you have no control. And that's really helpful for a lot of people because we can only do so much that is going to allow us to affect change. And once we do that, it really is out of our control. So we try to figure out, again, what is it for you? Is it journaling? For me, it's creating. So I use Play-Doh to create or coloring and drawing, dancing sometimes. And to that point, everybody who I talk to that I coach, creating is what you need to be focusing on. So we lose track of having fun and creating when we're trying to create a baby. And that's really what it's all about. It's creating a human being. So the more that we can circle back to what is fun for us and what can we create in our daily routine. And yes, we're all busy. I get it. I have two businesses and three kids and craziness, but I still make that time to create, even though I'm not trying to conceive, because that's where everything is born. So getting back to your feminine energy and creating is also key. And in doing that tells you stress levels, your stress hormones, your cortisol, your adrenals. Okay, it's okay. We are creating. This is where you need to be. And everything starts just fall in line. And the bottom line word that everybody says is they feel more calm when they're going through the process. So they no longer have this edge of anxiety anymore and that they have a calmness because they know what tools they need to use for that. I never say to somebody to do affirmations if affirmations isn't your thing, right? Like you could be saying those all day long and it can mean nothing or journaling. If that's not your thing, we're not going to do that. So we're going to find what it is for you that feels good, that is allowing you to create and move forward with that with a plan in place. Very cool. I like that. That's definitely a different approach from what I've heard from other coaches and other fertility specialists. And I'm sure that's applicable to anyone that's struggling with stress. You've mentioned the topic of higher risk, especially at a higher, older gestational age. Is there some truth to that also that being older in pregnancy, are there greater risks that we should be prepared for or looking out for or be concerned with versus someone in their 20s? I had a friend of a friend who was told her whole life that she couldn't get pregnant. She was in her early 20s. She got pregnant and she didn't know until she actually went into labor. She didn't go anyway. She was rock climbing the day before she had her baby didn't take special considerations for vitamins and diet, and she was still able to produce a healthy, beautiful, young baby. Why is there a struggle for some and others? It's so easy and flawless. I think that might be what makes it so frustrating is some people struggle for years and years, 10 years, and some, they just blink their eyes. Yeah. So two things there. One, yes, of course it happens. And that's why I say to people all the time when they're so concerned of, oh, I missed my supplements or I whatever. There's people in Africa that don't eat that that have a healthy baby, but we have the ability to know better so that we can do better. So if we have all these things at our access points for us in North America, especially, and the knowledge, then let's put everything that we can to that. Up-level the situation. We know that a lot of those supplements help with the baby's development, their neurological system, all of those things. So of course, if I know that I can impact the blueprint of that child, I'm going to do that as much as I can. And that's a bigger conversation too for epigenetics that I'm a firm believer of. But 
that goes further beyond your regular, your normal DNA that can get passed to your baby. But as far as the age and the are you more at risk for things, you are. But to your point of the story of the girl who didn't even realize she was pregnant, there's so many people that are 40, 40 plus that have babies with zero issue, right? They're like, I had no problem at all. Every, I felt great. I never even had to see a high-risk doctor. No issues. There are a laundry list of other types of issues that can you could be more likely to have if you're older. But I feel like that's in some ways, and this, I hope I don't get struck down by saying this, but an old school mentality, right? Like, we're just going to lump you in that category of you're over 35 and therefore you're probably going to have all these issues. If you go into that thinking like, I'm not going to have any of those issues, I'm totally fine. That's your mindset again, right? That's You can easily go through a pregnancy over 40 with no problem at all. I have clients that are 43, 47, actually. One just had a baby at 48 two, two months ago. She never saw a high-risk doctor. She's 48. That's crazy because she was totally healthy. No issues with her placenta, no issues with anything else. She went on her regular visits, but there was nothing that really considered her to be high risk. Her blood pressure stayed normal the whole time. So that being said, what I, how I would always say to myself when I was having losses in my 40s and I was having complicated pregnancies, I also knew people in their 20s and 30s that were having the same issues. So that's kind of how I chalked it up to is like people's in their 20s and 30s are having losses. So that's not necessarily because of my age or other people are having issues with their placenta and that's, they're not 44. You know what I mean? So I I just switched the narrative in my mind of this is not because of my age. It's because whatever. That's just the way that my body's reacting to this. And we all have a choice to buy into what society is telling us and to accept that. I always say it's like a calendar invite in your email, right? Yes, I'm attending or no, I don't accept that. And my thing was like, no, thank you. I don't accept that. Yes, I know that I'm 44 years old having a baby, but this is what was for me. And I don't need to sign up for all the rest of the kind of outside noise that people would put into. Yeah, you get to that age. And I think people go in with that mindset. They go in with the fear that something will go wrong because someone told them that probably pretty likely. But I do like that you said, no, I don't like that narrative. I'm changing it or I'm going to take control. That's definitely very empowering. So I wanted to move directions and talk about things like IVF and RUI and medically assisted methods of fertility. Help women who who are who struggle with that decision? Maybe they want to do it naturally, and maybe they feel like if it's God's plan or it's meant to be, should I be using things medically assisted? Should I be doing injections and medications for this? Do you help women that struggle with this? And how do you deconstruct this? Absolutely. The artificial reproductive technologies, it's called ART, and that's where IVF would fall into that line. I do, on my one-on-one sessions, we do a deep dive that really goes through all of those things. So we cover the nutrition, we cover the supplements, we cover the major decision-making. So again, that falls into your plan. What does that look like for you? Is that even a consideration? Some people say, if we don't get pregnant naturally, we're not going to do, we're not going to go down that road. We, for whatever reasons, whether it's 
it's finances or we just don't want it that bad or whatever, they make that decision and or it's going down a different road of adoption or something. So in those deep dives, we talk about all the aspects, answer questions so people can really fully understand what that means for their life and what it is. I have a, an executive at Visa who's 46 years old, who's doing IVF right now for the first time. And she's, if I would have known that it was this easy, I wouldn't have waited two years. She had this idea in her head that it was something really horrible to go through. And granted, it's not easy, but we take on, again, so many subconscious messages that we're not even aware on social media, wherever it is that get your information from, whether it's you heard a story from somebody at some other time or whatever, you can't undo that. And that's why I often put people that work with me on social media diets, because I don't want them hearing other stories because they take that on. And every individual is different. So whether you're doing your first round of IVF or you're going to do an IUI, which is basically they're giving you some stimulation for your follicles, your eggs, and then you take a trigger shot and you do a an insemination. Or you're doing an IVF round, which is, again, they're giving you medication to stimulate your follicles and your eggs, and then they extract your eggs and fertilize them with sperm, test them, and then do a transfer back into the uterus. Either way, those are really big decisions. And being fully informed about that, making sure that you've interviewed the doctors that you're going to be working with, know what their lab results are like. The labs that are associated with these clinics are so important because that's really what's going to be sent those places and knowing what they're what you're working with, your history and pairing you with the right medical team is really important. So as well as their personalities, some doctors are very dry and old school or whatever, and they have a lot of success, but that's the way they are. Other people want somebody who's more friendly or compassionate or empathetic or whatever. So finding the right fit for you as well is going to be huge if you're starting to consider these things. And again, doing a deep dive to really hone in on what it is going to be important for you to make that next step and understanding all those aspects, even from a financial perspective. What is a ballpark that you're dealing with if you're going from an IUI to an IVF? And is that something that your insurance would cover? Depends on what state you're in with insurance companies and whatnot. But most of the time, depending on your insurance plans, it's most likely not covered. And so understanding what that means or what aspects would be covered is also something that we go through in the deep dives. So you really have a much better understanding and you're much more educated to make a better decision going forward with it. Just to know, yes, this is the right decision for us or to verify, no, now that we know this is not something that we are willing to go down and we want to maybe try adoption or something like that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Alrighty. This is our halfway point and it seems like the most logical spot to put a stop on our conversation. Next episode, we're going to talk about environmental factors, exercise, diet, and nutrition that can play an impact on fertility and infertility. I'm going to leave you on a soap opera cliffhanger so that you join me next week for the remainder of my interview with the amazing Elizabeth King. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll see you next time on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. Now remember, go subscribe so that you are the first to know as soon as new episodes drop. Also, be sure you don't miss out on your chance to win a free program of your choice from Strong Moms Fitness. All you have to do is leave a five-star review. 
Screenshot it before you submit and send it to Daisy at strongmomsfitness.com. Your review helps other people find our show. And as a thank you, once a month, we choose the review that makes us all warm and tingly inside and award that lucky lady a free program of their choice. So do it now. It could be you. See you next time, you badass mom you.